Welcome to Worship Call with Bible teacher Buzz Lawback. Buzz is the pastor of Grace Chapel Bible Ministries located in Duncan, South Carolina. This ministry is dedicated to the verse-by-verse teaching of God's Word and discipleship programs aimed at strengthening the faith of God's people. Now here's today's message. Matthew 24, 1-6. Jesus came out of the temple and was going away when his disciples came up to the point out of the temple buildings to him. And he said to them, Do, not, do you not see all these things? Truly I say to you, not one stone here will be left upon another which will not be torn down. As he was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us when these things will happen and what will be the sign of your coming at the end of the age. And Jesus answered said to him, See to it that no one misleads you, for many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will mislead many. You will hear wars and rumor of wars. See to it that you are not frightened, for those things must take place, but that is not yet the end. This is the fourth day of the week in God's created order. Wednesday, the 31st day of January, 2024th year of our Lord, and this is another fine day in the Lord. Father in heaven, we thank you for it. We pray, Heavenly Father, that you open our hearts to these things and the message this morning as we continue to grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and these wonderful words and these prophetical words that he has here in the uh, Gospel of Matthew. Thank you for them. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that you open our hearts to them. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. And got this. I didn't even tell Becca this morning because I wanted to be here. Got a message from my brother Mike. He says, Oh, it's another great day in the Lord. I was thinking, what would be awesome? A great down east Pigeon Forge, Tennessee Bible challenge in April. (laughs) (laughs) And yes, indeed. Michael, that's going to happen. We are going to, uh, I'll go ahead uh, here before too long. I'll think up some categories that uh, you can. You know, we could start working on and uh, get ready for that day. All right. So, yes, it's another fine day in the Lord. Thanks, Mike, for reaching out. Always, it's it's wonderful to to hear you in the morning. And, and it's funny, I was just typing out another fine day in the Lord in my notes to a cue, and hear you here at the same time. I was typing those words, and you popped up. So, wars and rumor of wars are the things of our time. And we see it. Uh, there was another thing I, I saw here in, in this. Tell us when these things were going to happen. And in the end of the age, this particular age that we are on. See, when we talk about age, we talk about timing. And, and, God, and we're not functioning on a happenstance, as it were. That the time is ticking. Uh, and it's progressing forward to at a culmination and this age is going to end and with each dispensational age when you look back on there's a high point and there's a low point man begins out with positive volition they begin hot I, I kind of rem, it kind of reminds me of Laodicea and Laodicea was where the hot springs were and 
the Romans, what they do, and you find this in Romans or uh, in Revelation, about the hot springs in Revelation chapter 3 with the church of Laodicea. And, but there were hot springs up in the mountains. And the Romans had a great idea. We'll, we'll build aqueducts from, from the hot springs and run it down into the city. Uh, the source of the water were, uh, was hot. And, but as it, as it went away from the source, it would cool down. And that's with every age. We begin every age on a high point, uh, a hand of God into that, uh, bringing that age into. And then as the age progresses, there's a cooling down. And we, I could go on through, I could go on and give you illustrations. But with this, the the high point, the high point would be the the coming of the church, the establishment of the church. Uh, well, actually, it wouldn't be the beginning of the age, but but it was a high, it's a high point. Okay, kind of walk that back a little bit. I did that without thinking, so I'm going to do that and, and later on. But we are coming into a point. But at, here's the point: as we're growing in and coming closer to the the time of the return of Christ, of the Lord returning. And uh, that first advent was certainly the high point of Jesus. And then, and then yes, with the, the coming of the Holy Spirit in the day of uh, the Pentecost. So we have the, so we have the age, we have a high point on the age. And, and as it as it begins to to cool off, we come to this point where there's wars and rumors of wars. It's been said, and I hadn't researched it. I'm repeating what I've heard that uh, I think Dr. Vernon McGee said it that in history, in in the last two thousand years, there's only been a short interval where there has been. Perf- I won't say perfect peace, but peace within the world. That somebody wasn't shooting and killing someone. And we live in a time where there is a growing wars and rumor of wars all the way around the world. There is the peace movement, even from churches, that advocate turning our swords into plowshares. That only when we Get rid of our weapons and weapons of wars, whether there be peace. I tell you, when nations give up their weapons, when they turn their their plow their their spears into plowshares, they will be a nation in slavery in the age that we talk. You've got to properly interpret of where we are in the age that we are. So wrong application in the age in which we live. Do so and we become slaves to another nation that is still holding on to their swords and their spears. So we live in a time where the, there is the mantra of peace, peace, where there is no peace. And there certainly is no peace. Jesus says, but that is not the end. Basically, you ain't seen nothing yet. I'll, I'll illustrate it as this. And there, uh, I've seen beauty. We've seen beauty through, throughout the world. Uh, I've seen 
we, we've seen uh, sunsets on oceans. We've the mountains up in Gatlinburg, beautiful. And uh, my brother and uh, sister and and we we're just in love with the mountains. We love that little phrase, the mountains of calling. We love them, and the beauty and the the of of the mountain. It's just wow. And then I've been in places in Norway. I've seen a uh, landscape covered with snow, a full moon out, and the, the the northern lights just going across the the sky. Beautiful. The oceans, the you name it, and and a starry night to look up and see the the beautiful starry night. There is beauty in this world that God created. But no matter how beautiful it is, it's like a little whisper. You hear this little whisper in a, and as the spirit is speaking, and it's kind of like saying, "You ain't seen nothing yet." There's beauty that we have not yet behold that it's still coming. Well, that's the same way in the same atmosphere of the wars and rumor of wars. I mean, Jesus said, "This is not the end," and He said, "You ain't seen nothing yet." Something more, it's, it's something more, uh, whew, it's coming. So uh, Jesus says, but this is not the end. Basically, you ain't seen nothing yet. It's only going to get worse up until before it gets better. It's not, and listen, just as it is not the church, and there is there is that concept, it is not the church that, is set to go out to make the world a better place. It is not the church that's going out to establish the kingdom. Oh, no. The church is, at best, the salt and light, the influence within this nation. It is a light in a dark place. It is the, And the church is the continuation of the ministry of Jesus. And you say, well, wasn't Jesus here to... Uh, make the world a better place? No, he wasn't. What did Jesus say he was here to do? To call the lost sheep of Israel together. And that was in his first advent. It is the second advent that Jesus is going to come to establish his kingdom. But our, what is the Great Commission again? What is our call? Is to go out into the world and to make disciples. To make disciples within all the nations of the world, teaching all that Jesus had taught. Matthew 10.34 Do you think that I came to bring peace on earth? I did not bring, come to bring peace, but a sword. I'm a, I have to say that right now, I believe that more people, you got different categories of people. you got those people that are enmeshed with the news. They have to have news at every waking hour. When they wake up, the news has to be on. They go through the day and they're watching their news. And the evening, they have to be watching their news up until they, uh, something else comes on. But you have those people and, those, and they're, they're more engulfed in the news than what they are in their Bibles. And those people are kind of falling alert a little bit. They're wringing their hands. They're Wondering, they're wondering how bad this world's going to be, and so forth and so on. They're scratching their heads and wringing their hands and wondering if the world, um, if how how much longer it can go. 
And then there's others who bury their heads in the sand. And they want both the world and the Bible to go away. And just to leave them alone. And again, the church is the light of the world. And knowing the Word of God allows us to watch the news, see the news, uh, read the news, what, it, what have you, the going-ons in the world, and to look into our Bibles and know. And with this, with this certainty, that if God knows what's going on, and He has laid it out what's going on in His Word, don't you think that also the Lord has a handle on the future and how it's going to come to be? If we can read how bad it's going to be, then we can also read later on how good it's going to be. And Jesus said, See to it that you are not frightened. The believer who is equipped with the Word of God properly assesses the situation in the light of Scripture. It is Scripture that is circulating in the heart of a believer who's got his priorities set. It is that same believer that is ready to give an answer for the hope that's found in him. And what did Peter say prior to that? Sanctify the Lord God in your heart and be ready to give an answer for the hope that's found in you. Even though things... In this time, this is the time to shine. Our light shines darkest in... Uh, our light shines brightest when it's dark. And we have a testimony. And when everything's good, nobody's asking us. You know that? When life is good, don't bother me now. I'm playing ball. Don't bother me now. I've, I've got this engagement. Don't bother me now. My work is doing good. My... My life is going good. Everything's fine with life. Hey, I'm glad you got Jesus. So on and so forth. But in the dark time, there are those people that want to know. They want to see some light. And that light's coming from you. So our light shines brighter in the darkness. And during the dark, during their darkest days, during the darkest nights, those that are equipped with God's Word, they, they're, they're unshaken. Now, don't get me wrong. It doesn't mean that we're not without tears. It doesn't mean that there's not anguish. But as Jesus was in the garden when, when, tears, were, when tears were flowing from his, uh, or sweat was pouring down from his head and blood droplets, and he was in anguish, he was pleading to God, let this cup pass from me. But we also read in Scripture for the joy that was set before Him. He endured the cross, despising the shame. And even though that we have tears, even though we have anguish, even though there's times of, yes, fear and, and of the uncertain things that are ahead of us, nonetheless, it is well with our souls. Matthew 24, 6 says, for those things must take place. But that is not yet the end. Those things, these things must. That means that means they're set. That means we can fight, we can call for peace, we can we can do we can make every movement, we can make go on every crusade that we could possibly on be be on. And it's not going to bring 
us any closer to peace. Matthew 24, 7. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And in various places there will be famines and earthquakes. We have seen these things throughout history. Throughout our lives we have seen these things. And we're seeing them coming more frequently. In our time, these things are terrible, but as, I, as I've mentioned, as terrible as they are, they don't compare to what's coming. Because these things are going to continue to intensify. In our time, these things are the great and terrible day of the Lord as we see in Joel. Now, I'm going to say they're not the great and terrible day of the Lord as we've seen in Joel. Uh, these things are leading up to that day. The extent of prophecy is that Jesus said that the lesser things must take place. And yes, right now, I'm afraid to say that we are experiencing the lesser things. And I mean lesser in this regard. And that as bad as it is, as terrible as it is, you ain't seen nothing yet. It's going to get worse as we progress as we progress to that time, as we progress to the great and terrible day of the Lord. This is not the fulfillment of prophecy. These are historical trends. And we've seen them all through the 2,000 years. And this is what Jesus is saying. This is not yet the end. But this is not yet that great and terrible day. It is drawing closer. And nobody can do it like God. See, what we... What we're seeing right now is what man is doing. What we're seeing right now is what the devil is doing and what his minions are doing. And uh, But on that hand, well, uh, that's getting... I'll be off on a rabbit trail. I won't do that. And everything leading up... That, this is not the wrath of God, folks. What we're seeing right now is not coming from the hand of God. These are historical trends, and then, and then when things we, and then when this world gets to a point where it it doesn't see it, that it doesn't think it's going to take anymore, it's then that the wrath of God is going to be poured out on that great and terrible day of the Lord. And it's like I'll give you another example. Man did all he could against Christ as he was, they were taking him to the cross. The beatings, the torture, the mockery, the nailing to the cross. And yet Jesus remained quiet like a lamb that was uh, before, the shears, uh, before the shears were done. But it wasn't until in that darkness because in that darkness when darkness covered Golgotha that was then that the wrath of God was being poured out upon sin, which is His Son who became sin for us. 
It is in that darkest moment that Jesus cried out, Eloi, Eloi, lama shabbatani, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? So, everything that we see now is leading up to the most darkest moment when it's the wrath of God once again, not pouring the wrath out on His Son that's been handled on our behalf, but it's going that wrath is going to be laid out on the world. Okay, Matthew 24, 8. But all these things are merely the beginning of birth pangs. A mother approaches the time of birth. And ladies, you should this this should be very understandable to you. I really I think I think to a certain point us fathers also understand this. And as we as we watched our wives and, and there were several times because as as the birth continues, as it comes closer to the time of labor and going into the labor, those contractions start becoming more severe and closer together. There are so severe sometimes that the mom, that the mother says, "It's time to go. Get my bags and let's go." Remember, we grabbed that truck and went. <laughs> um, you know, a, a story side note. Back, back, Becca didn't even have her shoes on, and I grabbed her up, and we we went on our way. So, but sometimes you get to the hospital, and the and you're told, "Hey, it's not time yet. It's close, but not time." Here's my number. I'm standing by. It's and and you go home because these these birth pangs, these pains come closer and closer and more frequent together. And Jesus uses this as a metaphor and it should be understood. And that's what we're seeing today, that these birth pangs are becoming more severe. It's not yet, says Jesus, but they're becoming more severe. So as time gets closer, there's more and more contractions that are closer together and the whole family at that point is getting excited. And we are excited. Listen, the family is excited. Not the neighbors. Get this. We're talking about birth pain. We're talking about that family birth. Not the neighbors. Not not people at work. But those in the family are getting together because little brother and little sister, uh, uh, new son and daughter or whatever is getting ready to come into this world and everybody's excited. But mom's in pain. And so the, the focal point, remember... We're looking at history, and we're, we're we're not in the eye of of the church, but we're looking in the eye of Israel. Okay, and the uh, remember that the centerpiece of history and the centerpiece of prophecy is history. So at this point, as Jesus is speaking to his disciples, the focal point is on his on them, but it's also, but not just the Jews themselves. But those that are grafted into the the people of God, like Ruth and uh, historically like Ruth, Tamar and uh, Rahab, they were grafted into the family. There's going to be Gentiles during that time. Also, uh, the, we call them the the uh, tribulational saints that are saved uh, that are during that time. And uh, okay, Matthew twenty four nine. Then they will deliver you to tribulation and will kill you 
and you will be hated by all nations because of my name. Well, up to a certain point, it's all right to look like the world. It's all right to act like the world when your when your faith is not tested. When where you stand is not tested. You could be in a crowd, a a you can be a crowd of believers, you know, or moral people that okay, if you believe in Jesus, that's fine, you know. You know, to each his own. You know, I'm glad you got Jesus and all that. And in places where people are not so acceptable, you just stay quiet. And you can be a believer incognito. You can, pro- you can profess Christ, but not outwardly. You're in a gray area. You're in a gray area where you're sharing people's morality, where you're the doctrine of kindness, you're kind, you're, and, and you're all that. And you can play the, you can play the cards very well. You're a very moral person. You're virtuous, just like every, just like any unbeliever. So there's a gray area. So you got, you got a dark side. You got a white side, and you got a gray area. I say today that most Christians are in the gray area, and they're believers. They don't die. They will. Depart this body and they will be in heaven. But yet, they're more so a, a Christian incognito. Well, and during this time, as we draw in that great tribulation, there's going to be no gray area. There's, it's going to be, it's going to come down to a Joshua moment. Choose this day whom you serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And that all sounds good, and you've got that plaque up on the wall and uh, on on your door and all that stuff. But we live in a culture here. This may not be all the way around the world, and you may not believe it, but to make that kind of statement is a death sentence. If somebody came in and saw that on your wall, to, or to publicly proclaim that, it's certain death, folks. Uh, when where are you going to stand then? Then go out and you say, well, you know, I could try to get along. And as it intensifies, it gets worse. We'll, uh, the the believer then will go out try and go and try to buy some food or sell in the market. But what's going to happen? Oh, you don't have a mark. Oh, you're you are one of those. Uh, where, where's your mark at? You can't buy with, without a mark on your forehead. Where? Oh, it must be on your hand. Oh, it's not there. So at some, at some point you, we are going to have to make a stand historically. You're, there's going to be no no longer a gray area, and suffering and persecution and trials will will destroy that gray area. And there's going to be a thin line, and you're either going to be on the the God side or Satan side. You will no longer be able to hide in the middle. Matthew 24.10 At that time, many will fall away. Um, this, this word for fall away means to stumble. Let's look at it again. At that time, many will be caused to stumble and will betray one another 
and hate one another. They're going to come to a place where they're going, their faith is going to be put on the line. And listen, this even applies to us as Christians here. We have to know who we put our trust in before we're hungry. We know we must know where we stand before the storm comes, as in Matthew, uh, as Jesus speaks in the Matthew uh, or in the book in the Gospel of Matthew about the uh, about building our on our foundation. You have to have a strong foundation before the storm comes. You have to know the God that you trust. Because when this time comes, inevitably you're going to choose the wrong side. So many will be caused to stumble. Why do they stumble? Because of their lack of Bible doctrine, their lack of, of the Word of God sanctifying their hearts and minds. And again, this even goes to the Christian. Why does a Christian stumble? Because of the lack of the Word of God within their hearts. They've, they take their time, they they squander it on whatever, but they take very little, if any time, in the Word of God. What separates a man of faith, who is a Christian, both Christians, what separates a man of faith from the man that, that is constantly stumbling, a Christian that constantly stumbling and falling? What separates the two? I'll tell you right now, it is the Word of God. So many will be caused to stumble. And... It also comes to this fact too. Once they realize that they don't have what it takes to live the Christian way of life, once they realize that they've they've just surrendered over to the darkness, they're going to surrender fully to the darkness, and they will become they will become antichrist in a sense that they will be against Christ and they will be against those who are with Christ. As uh, the scripture says that in our day there there are many antichrists, those that have surrendered over to the darkness and became enemy of the light. Father in heaven, thank you for this opportunity of studying your scripture this morning. We pray, Heavenly Father, continue to equip us with the truth. Continue to be with the speaker for truth and for those uh, who are listening for discernment. Pray for this day, Heavenly Father, that each day that we, those in the sound of my hearing, will establish their spiritual priorities around your word. Let us today say that as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And let us do so equipping our hearts with the Word of God so that when times become like this, when times become more terrible and it becomes less, when people are less able to hide their faith, that even in the face of persecution, we can still stand and say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, even if it costs us our death. So Heavenly Father, be with us this day. Let us use this day to draw near to thee. And these things we pray in Christ's name. Amen. So it's another fine day in the Lord. We had a great um, great uh, upstate Bible challenge last night. It went very well. If you missed it, you can see it online. 
Uh, you can see it on YouTube or you can go www.gchapel.org and you can watch it there. Had a great time and a great guest and they really contribute. John and his mom, uh, Mama Deborah, they call her. And, and George. Uh, and jo- oh, well, absolutely. They're getting around to George. They were great. And George, always nice to have have you with us. So, uh, and so, anyway, um, again, be looking at next month. Uh, we are going, our next great Upstate Bible Challenge is Matthew 6 through 10. 6 through 10. Uh, be checking your commentaries, your, your Bible, uh, your study Bibles, and, and, and looking over these passages. And I'll also say this, rather than the introduction, there's going to be a review category that's going to cover everything we've already covered. So, Anyway, hope to see you for that. And So it's another fine day in the Lord. Keep your armor on. Keep fighting the good fight of faith. Lord willing, Spirit guide, Rapture Penny, we'll be back here in the AM. Thanks for joining us. You can hear this message again, as well as previous lessons, and get notes by visiting us online at www.gchapel.org.